0: his holy name bless his holy name bless his holy name
1: is there somebody thankful for the power of god this morning for the power of god hallelujah i'm glad to be serving a god who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or think i'm glad to be serving a god who's able to move into our circumstances Hallelujah, and do what we're not able to do. Hallelujah, I'm glad that when our heart is overwhelmed, we can say, lead me to the rock. Hallelujah, that is higher than I. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. It is so good to be in the house of God this morning. Happy Fourth of July weekend to everybody. We're honored to have you here today. Let's give all of our guests a great big hand. We're delighted to have you here amen we thank the lord for you being here we have a lot of people who are traveling right now for the fourth uh, of july weekend so our prayers are with them as they travel one of the blessings of that is that when folks travel uh, one of the sad things is that they leave town but one of the positive things we had a lot of folks to come into town and new folks, guests, and we welcome you today. And we're so thankful that you are here at First Apostolic Church. We believe the Lord has something special in store for you. I believe that the word of the Lord will minister to somebody here this morning. We want to say a great big shout out to the Ranking family. Uh, amen. Our, our uh, cousins, and uh, we love them so much. As a matter of fact, uh, Sister uh, Brother Jacob Ranking is a first cousin to Sister Heidi Urshan, my wife, and Rochelle Ranking is a first cousin to Sister Caitlin Kovach, and so we're all a bunch of family members, amen, it's one big happy family, and, uh, and, and there's other ways those families are intertwined, and so we're, we're grateful that they are here today, and I'm glad that Jesus is in the house, Amen man. You know, when we celebrate liberty and when we celebrate independence, ladies and gentlemen, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And So it's a wonderful thing to be able to worship God. We give God praise for our young people. They're not in here at the moment, but all of our young people had a tremendous uh, couple of weeks at camp. You heard from Brother Tyler Kovach, our, our youth pastor. And, uh and such a wonderful, wonderful couple of weeks that God has been ministering to our young people. And we give the Lord the praise for that. I would like to turn your attention to the book of Ephesians and the second chapter, the book of Ephesians and the second chapter. And we're going to begin reading at the fourth verse. I do want to say, before this service is over, um, and and he, he may not necessarily want me to bring this up, but I had a conversation with his wife, <laughs> and, uh, and she does, and we do want everybody to be praying for Brother John Wilson. He has a procedure this week that we want the Lord to intervene on his behalf. Amen? And we're going to be binding together in prayer in the name of Jesus. And uh, I thank the Lord. We thank the Lord for Brother John Wilson and Sister Kim. They've given themselves to the work of God all of their lives and, and continue to do so. And, and many uh, times have led us through the years into the glorious presence of God through worship and through the leading of songs. And, and, uh, and so our prayers are going to be with them. Before the service is over, we're going to anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And we're going to believe God to completely touch his body and bring the absolute healing that he needs. Amen. And he's a man of faith, so so he goes into this situation with faith-believing. And uh, we're going to join right in there with him and agree in the name of Jesus that the Lord is going to move on his behalf. Amen. Can I get a witness? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. From the book of Ephesians, the second chapter, and uh, verse number... I want to read a few verses of scripture that uh, the Lord laid on my heart. And I feel like uh, will be something that, that can provide understanding to us of some spiritual truths. And if we can get a hold of spiritual understanding, then we can live abundantly in Christ. Ephesians 2 and 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, Even when we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace... Are you saved through faith? And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. And By the grace of God, I would like to preach to you uh, from the 8th verse where it simply says it is the gift of God and that's my message today, it is the gift of God let's go to the Lord together in prayer Heavenly Father we love you, we thank you for your mighty power, we thank you for your excellent greatness, we ask your blessing to be upon the remainder of this service Lord you know the needs that are represented in this building and I pray that you will minister to those needs, I pray that you will speak to the hearts of the hearers Lord, that we may not only be hearers, but but doers of your word. Help us to be believers of your word. Lord, we give you the praise for it today in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. We'll say it again. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In the name of the Lord, thank you. Thank you for standing. You know it is a blessing to live a Christian life it it really is a blessing to live a Christian life and I want to be very clear in what I mean by that uh, because we have to be very careful in even in saying that that we don't ever develop a an attitude of of superiority uh, or the feeling that that because you live a life Of service to the Lord that you and I are somehow better than somebody who does not Uh, because this is not the case and by the grace of God I hope to hope to uh, show by the word of the Lord that it is merely by the mercy of God that any of us are able to live a life for Jesus Christ and and so yet it is a beautiful beautiful life to live for the Lord Somebody called it the best life. Somebody called it the blessed life. It's it's this opportunity that an individual has to be able to to dedicate their life to their creator and say, uh, I don't know how to do this thing. So I'm going to put this into the hands of the God who made me. I'm going to put this into the hands of the God who knows where I am. And understands everything there is to understand about my life. And it is a life of surrender. And and a life of submission. And then when this surrender and this submission takes place, a, a beautiful thing occurs. There is actually a new birth. A new birth. And the individual relinquishes their life that they've lived up to this point. This life that has has had chaos in it, life that's had confusion in it, a life that's had a lot of hurt a lot of uh, betrayal a lot of unforgiveness maybe that they're still dealing with, a lot of regret that they uh, continue to wrestle with and they surrender all of that to God and they do so and say God I'm turning from from my way of doing things I've done it my way for a long time I don't want to be like frank sinatra at the end of this all and say that i did it my way I, I want to i want to be able to walk the right way i want to be able to live the kind of life that you would have me live and so i'm going to relinquish my opinions i'm going to relinquish my thoughts about how i am supposed to live and it's contrary to everything that you hear in the world the world will tell you just the opposite. The world will tell you, follow your heart. The world will tell you to, to look out for numero uno and number one. And, and we understand, of course, they mean yourself. But if you study the scriptures, we know who number one is. The Lord our God. He is one. So the world tells you to have a self-focused, self-centered view Of how you should live your life. But thank God that in living for Jesus Christ, we're able to surrender our life. The Bible actually describes it as the old man. And we lay down the old man in repentance. We're buried with Jesus Christ by baptism into his death. And we rise to walk in newness of life. And he fills us with his precious Holy Spirit. And ladies and gentlemen, we are born again. This is not, this term has, has entered the mainstream conversation of society. Anybody, perhaps, is familiar with the term born again. They might even look at it with some measure of, of uh, speculation. What do you mean, born again? Nicodemus took it literal. He said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born. And he couldn't understand the terminology. But it is a spiritual rebirth. It is allowing yourself that has lived up to this point to go ahead and be buried with Jesus Christ, to be crucified with Jesus Christ, and to be born again into his nature and into his likeness. And then you live... An abundant life with Jesus Christ. And all of the promises of God can come to you and be a beautiful part of your life. The promises of God in Him are yea and amen. The promises of God. The promise of peace. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible describes a peace that passes all understanding. This is a peace that surpasses what makes sense. So you as a Christian believer, as a born-again believer, can literally be going through some of the most challenging times of your life and somehow have a peace that surpasses understanding. Folks can be looking in on your life and say, I don't know how they're keeping a good attitude. I don't know how they keep on loving people. I don't know how they forgave. It doesn't make any sense to me how they continue to serve the Lord. Job's wife looked at him and said, just curse God and die. Get it over with. He said, you speak as a foolish woman. You have to understand the life of the born-again believer. There's something that comes to them in the way of power. In the way of wisdom, and it is the life dedicated and devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says also about joy, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. It goes on to say that this joy is a joy that is unspeakable, and that it is full of glory. It is unspeakable. In other words, you can't describe it. It, is, it has no words, the adjectives, the adverbs, all of the pronouns and nouns, they just don't fit when you begin to try to explain exactly where this joy is coming from or how you have this joy. This is the Christian life. There is this unique ability to overcome temptation, temptation that at one time would have trampled you and left you dead in its wake, but now all of a sudden, through the power of the Holy Ghost, you're able to look at the same temptation and say, I rebuke that temptation in the name of Jesus. I'm going to live victoriously in God. I'm going to walk triumphantly. I'm going to have power over sin. Sin has no more influence over me. I refuse to give the devil place in my life and you walk away from the temptation. Now, I know that nobody's perfect. I know that living for God has its challenges. I know that that just because you're born again, just because you're living for the Lord, does not mean that you're going to live the perfect life necessarily. But I will tell you that if you remain submitted to Him, and I will tell you that if you remain in communion with Him, And I will tell you that if you'll follow his word, then you will have some kind of a power to come upon you. Hallelujah. That will give you the ability to live a righteous life like you've never lived it before. Hallelujah. And you will abstain. You'll end up abstaining from all appearance of evil. And you'll abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. And you will, you will resist the devil. And he will flee from you. And, and you will trample on the lion and the adder. And, and the principalities that once dominated your life will now be subject unto you, and you will subdue them, and no thing can harm you, and you won't be afraid of the terror by day, and you won't be afraid by the arrow that flieth at noon, and you won't be afraid for the destruction that walketh in darkness, and you won't be afraid of the pestilence that nobody can see, and they don't know where it's coming from. I don't know how to explain it. I just simply know it's a part of the Christian life know how to explain it, but I know these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up any deadly thing and it shall not harm them. It is a part of living for the Lord there is a there's a victory that comes upon you there's a there's a power that gets inside of you and if i'm preaching to somebody who's living for the lord and you're thinking man i don't i don't really that i don't really relate to that i need to get a hold of whatever it is he's get talking about then you need to get back down on your knees you need to get back into the prayer room you need to get back in the word you need to get back in his presence and let that power come upon you again because it's for me it's for you it's for who? Whosoever will, let him come and drink of these waters of life freely. It's for us. And so so it's important to to understand this. Now, now I, I want to caution you here because sometimes an individual can live for the Lord and they can experience His goodness and experience His grace and experience His blessings and begin to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. And if they're not careful, and if they're not remaining in communion with the Lord, and remaining humble in His presence, then they can begin to think that they are somehow responsible for this life they are now living. And they can look at folks around them who struggle with the things they used to struggle with, and look down their nose at this individual. They can begin to view themselves as having reached a plateau and everybody else still struggling to get where they're trying or where they have already arrived. And they can develop, as the Bible would describe it, a holier-than-thou attitude, an attitude of of I, I I'm not I'm not as weak as you or I'm not I don't struggle like you and you've got some doing to get where I have already arrived and and, and, and we, we lose sight of the fact that we have nothing to do with what the Lord has done in our lives. And all we all we did was was lay down on a hospital bed and let the great physician put us under a divine anesthesia. He did all the work. We just thank God we're willing to say, "Open us up and do what you can do." Oh hallelujah! It's very important that we don't get into that mindset. Jesus described an incident where. There was a Pharisee and a publican, both who came to the the temple to pray. And when they walked into the temple to pray, they each came before the Lord to pray. And the Pharisee, the publican, but the publican's prayer was very simple. It was simply, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I don't even deserve to be in your presence. The Bible says he smote his breast. He was, he was so overwhelmed by understanding his own in, inability and unworthiness to be able to stand in the presence of God. Meanwhile, the Pharisee stood next to him and said, Lord, I thank you that I am not like other men, like this sinner here. I thank you that I'm not like this sinner that's next to me. Here's the fallacy of the Pharisee's prayer. The fallacy is that the Pharisee's prayer suggested that somehow he was different than the publican who was a sinner. That's incorrect. He is no different than the man who is a sinner. It doesn't matter how many rules he's kept. He's no different than that man who is a sinner. It doesn't matter how many I's he's dotted or how many T's he's crossed or how good he's been or how much discipline he's practiced or how much sin he has abstained from. You hear me? He was still just as low as the man who was next to him. When Jesus heard both prayers and both men left the temple, he looked at his disciples and he said that Pharisee prayed and said I thank you Lord that I'm not like other men the the publican on the other hand said I am a sinner he said that man will leave justified God heard his prayer (laughs) hallelujah I want to just say regardless of how long you've lived the Christian life, regardless of how long it's been since you've repented, regardless of how long it's been since you've been baptized in Jesus' name, regardless of how long it's been since you received the gift of the Holy Ghost, regardless of how long it's been that you can say, I'm a church-going person, I'm a born-again believer, I'm a one-God apostolic tongue-talking holy roller. It doesn't matter how long you've been able to say it or how little bit of time you've been able to say it. What matters is that you and I continue to understand it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed I do not deserve to be in his presence and I in my flesh never will deserve to be in his presence you don't deserve to be in his presence it is the gift of God that we are here in this place oh hallelujah hallelujah I would love to take the rest of this service and just magnify the goodness of my God. The generosity of my God. The overwhelming mercy of my God. Hallelujah. The grace of my God. Somebody said love is blind. No, love is not blind. God's love is not blind. God knows everything we've done wrong. He has seen it all. He knows it in detail he knows the ins and the outs he knows stuff about you nobody knows about you his love isn't blind his love is forgiven he saw it and he forgave you he knows it but he forgives you hallelujah while we were dead in trespasses and sins Christ died for the ungodly while we were yet sinners God commended his love toward us hallelujah Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and he decided to magnify God he said God who is rich in mercy Hallelujah, you can have your money. God is rich in mercy. And those are the riches that matter. God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. Let me say that again. Even when we were dead, dead in sins. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, when you were in your sins, you weren't just involved with your little habit. You weren't just in your little indiscretions. You were dead. That's what you were. That's what I was when we were dead in sins. Not when we were unwise. Not when we were, well, hopefully they'll get over it. Not when we were just not really doing as we should. no 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 we were like the zombie we're like the walking dead we might have looked like we were alive but we were corroded and we were corrupted and we were dead on the inside but when we were dead in sins God hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together. Oh, hallelujah. Do you hear that, Pharisee and publican? Do you hear that, Pharisee who thinks that you're better than the publican in the temple? Do you hear that? God hath quickened you together, and He hath raised you up together, and He has made you to sit in heavenly places together. In Christ Jesus, God does it all together. None of us are better than the other. Nobody's better than the one next to them. Just because you don't have the criminal record they have, that doesn't make you better. It's only by the grace of God you don't have the criminal record they've got. It's only by the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Just because you haven't been down the same road and the same path and made all the same decisions, don't you get a haughty attitude. I'd go it before destruction and a holy spirit. Go it before a fall. It is the gift of my God, it is the gift of my God, and God is a giver. God is a giver. Notice what the Bible says as we continue on. The scripture said that in the ages to come. He might show the exceeding riches of His grace. Do you know what that's talking about even right now? These are the ages to come. And there's time beyond now that in the ages to come, He might show us the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace... Hallelujah are you saved Now let me just stop here for a moment And talk about the grace of God Grace, grace God grace, grace that is greater than all our sins, hallelujah let me talk to you for just a moment about amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, I once was lost but now I'm found I was blind but now I see, let me stop for just a moment and talk to you about sufficient grace hallelujah, grace that is sufficient for you you doesn't matter what you're going through how big how small his grace is sufficient his grace is sufficient for you that's the grace you're saved by by grace you are saved you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ you're saved by the spirit of the living God You're saved by the word of Almighty God. You're saved by the name that's above every name. The name of Jesus Christ. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is by grace that we are saved. Now, Jesus died. He died the sinner's death. He tasted death for every man. He bled. He suffered He died, he was buried in a borrowed tomb and he rose from the dead, victorious over death, hell and the grave. Oh, hallelujah. And he he ascended on high and he poured out his spirit. Hallelujah. And he's still in the church doing wonderful works among the children of men and he will return to catch his bride away and we will live eternally with him this is the grace of God all of this is going on and people are still lost and undone without God because you're not just saved by grace you're saved by grace through faith you're saved by grace through faith you've got to have faith in the grace of almighty God that's why when we baptize somebody in Jesus' name, we make it abundantly clear. We're not just going through a ritual. We're teaching while we're baptizing. And we're explaining what's really going on here. You're not just having your sins washed away because you are going down in the waters in Jesus' name. You're having your sins washed away by going down in the waters in Jesus' name because of what Jesus did. and because you believe in what he did you believe in his blood you believe in his power you believe he made the difference you believe he overcame death hell and the grave. and the evidence of your belief is that you are being baptized into the name of Jesus Christ this is faith in the grace of God by grace are you saved through faith and this is sometimes where people distance themselves and make them something better than the person next to them. Because then they start thinking, well, I had the sense to believe. I had sense enough to believe on the Lord. And they didn't. So there's some kind of a chasm between me and them. Because I had sense enough to believe. I had sense enough to hold on all these years. I've had sense enough to put all my faith in God. And they don't put their faith in God. And so then we start to kind of get a little bit of a holier-than-thou attitude. But the book of Ephesians makes it clear. Let me read it to you again. Verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves it is the gift of God the grace is the gift of God the blood is the gift of God the name is the gift of God hallelujah the word is the gift of God the spirit is the gift of God and in order to get a hold of that you've got to believe but even you believing is the gift of God even your faith is the gift of God it is not something that comes from inside of you it is God allowing you to believe. It is God allowing you to put your faith in His power. You, you, you and I must understand this. There is no good thing that can come from our flesh. Nothing good can come from our flesh. There's nothing good that can come from our broken, cursed flesh. Even our good intentions have some kind of a taint on them from us maybe wanting credit for it or or maybe us thinking of ourselves a little higher than we ought to. But that's, that's the way our flesh operates. You see, when we do something for the glory of ourselves, we want a little credit for it. We want a little honor for it. But when we do it for the glory of God... Hallelujah. We know who gets the glory because we know where our help comes from. There is nothing, ladies and gentlemen... That can come from our flesh that is of any value to the kingdom of God. We die in our flesh. Our flesh is crucified with the affections and the lust. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 For we are the circumcision or the lineage of Abraham, which worship God in the spirit, and we rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence. In the flesh, we have no confidence in the flesh. Jeremiah said that the heart of man is desperately wicked, it is deceitful above all things. That's a pretty bold statement. It is deceitful above all things. That means you've not met a temptation more deceitful than your own heart. That means that you haven't met a devil more deceitful than your own heart. That means that the serpent, The garden isn't as deceitful as your own heart. When your own feelings deceive you, when your own
0: desires
1: deceive you, when your own heart deceives you, folks, you're in trouble. You better not have any confidence in the flesh. I'm going to disagree with your culture, all right? Stop following your heart and be a man and a woman after God's own heart.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. The Lord said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. You're going to love him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so sometimes we take, folks, I'm not kidding, sometimes we take pride in how much we love God. And when I say this, some folks are like, yeah, so? (laughs) Of course I take pride. I'm happy. I'm proud about how much I love God. There's no good use of the word pride in the word of God. None. There's no good use. it's, it's, It's an enemy of your soul. Pride is an enemy of your soul. And when we take pride in how much we love God, well, I've been loving God this long, and I love God so much. Let me tell you something. You don't love God nearly like you think you love God. You don't love God nearly like you think you love God. And the reason, let me explain to you. Because the love you have for God, ladies and gentlemen, is a human love. I've tried to love God with my human love. But my human love is fickle. And my human love is easily offended. And my human love easily departs from the faith. My human love will break down in the middle of a crisis. The love I have for God comes from God. God gave me love for him. I didn't originate some kind of a love for him. I didn't generate some kind of a devotion to God. I I can't. I don't have it in my flesh to do it. I've tried to love him, but my flesh is so evil and so corrupted. But when I humble myself before him and say, God, I don't even know how to love you like I should love you, I fall to the temptation. I struggle with doubt. I struggle with fear. The scripture said, He that fears is not made perfect in love Somehow my fear itself is evidence That I'm not really tapping into the love of God But the love of God is something that comes from God It doesn't come from the human heart It comes from God God puts inside of us the ability to love Him Hallelujah Notice what the book of Romans says The book of Romans says That the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You want to know where the love of God comes from? It comes from the Holy Ghost inside of you. So, you get inside of you the Holy Ghost. Now, what's the Holy Ghost? I'll tell you what the Holy Ghost is. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift. The gift. The gift. The gift. The gift. The gift. It's not something you earned. It's not something you deserve. It's not something, it's not a wage. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. You want a wage. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost comes into us as a gift. And it acts kind of like a sprinkler. It just sheds abroad the love of God in our hearts. It just just goes crazy. Just, just, Just starts spraying the love of God all over our hearts. The love I have for God came from God. It didn't come from me. I can't take credit for it. Any obedience I have, that obedience came from God. Any discipline I might have, that discipline, it didn't come from me. It came from God. Any any submission I may have to God, that submission didn't come from me. It comes from God. Kind of a surrender to his spirit I'm not good enough to surrender like I should surrender God gave me power to surrender come on it's not your discipline it's not your obedience it's not your submission it's not your holiness it's not your godliness it's not your righteousness it is the gift of God it is the gift of God I tell you, one of the reasons why we don't praise Him like we should is because we really think we're responsible for so many of the blessings in our life. We re- down deep on the inside. If you
0: get down deeper, nobody sees.
1: You'll find out there's a little part of you that's really proud of how good you are and how good you've been doing. You better humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Come on, down off your high horse. And say, God,
0: it's only because of your goodness.
1: It's only because of your goodness. President Ronald Reagan used to tell a story about a farmer who had, had got some creek bottom land. And began to, it was, it was all messed up. This, this land was all messed up. Rocks and brush and sticks and briars and and it was just undeveloped land. And he got it and started working with it and cleaned it out, tilled it up, broke up the fallow ground, poured seed into the ground and started raising crops. He turned that into some beautiful farmland. And, uh, and, and corn started growing, and tomatoes started growing, and green beans started growing. It was just fantastic. And so he invited the preacher out one Sunday afternoon to come look at his farm and to have lunch. And they went, the preacher went out, and he said, preacher, this is, this is my farm. And the preacher said, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. God has been good to you. He said... He said, look at, he he said, here, taste these tomatoes. He tasted the tomatoes, and the preacher said, oh, these are the best tomatoes. Man, God has been good to you. He gave him some sweet corn. He said, this is some of the best sweet corn I've ever had. Look what the Lord has done. The whole time, the farmer's kind of thinking, yeah, God's been real good. But he thought, I wish you could have seen this place when God was doing it by himself. and we all get that way. Come on, can I get a witness? Don't leave me hanging up here like I'm the only one who struggles with some pride. Come on, I need a witness in the house of God this morning who can say there have been times where you you came through some difficult circumstances and, and you remember how you cried yourself to sleep at night and you remembered when you could have quit but didn't quit and you remember when you could have gave up but you didn't give up and you recall how you muscled through it and you recall how it wasn't easy but you went ahead and kept on going and when it's all said and done, you kind of wonder where the glory should go. Let me tell you where the glory should go. And it doesn't matter how hard you worked, give God the glory. And it doesn't matter how much you cried, give God the glory. And it doesn't matter how diligent you were, how disciplined you were. It was the gift of God. It is the gift of God. That land is the gift of God. That corn is the gift of God. That seed you put in the ground is the gift of God. Your ability to work hard is the gift of God. Your mind functioning like it should is the gift of God.
0: Hallelujah. 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 My God.
1: If you get this in your heart, if you get this down deep in your soul, if you let it marinate in your spirit, if you begin to believe that it is only of the Lord's mercies, then you'll be able to look at your trials and your turbulence, and your difficult circumstances, and you'll count it all short. You'll look at the things you wish didn't happen and say, God is good. You'll look at the stuff that you regret and say, God is good.
0: You look at the stuff, you wish you could turn back time and redo it all. But I don't know how to explain it, but
1: a peace will come on your spirit, and a joy will come over your mind, and you'll come to a closure about your past, and you'll say, through it all, I've learned to trust
0: in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to trust him more hallelujah it's the gift of God
1: Paul you say now brother Urshan really really everything good comes from God oh absolutely every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The Apostle Paul stood on Mars Hill and he said, You worship the unknown God, but Him declare I unto you. Hallelujah. The God that made heaven and earth and all things therein. And He giveth to all life and He giveth to all breath and He giveth to all life. All things.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Don't let the devil turn it into an insecurity. Don't let the devil turn it into a low self-esteem. Don't let the devil turn it into a lack of self-confidence. But you better know that it's only because of God My praise belongs to him. My praise belongs to him. He said, Do you want wisdom? Ask God for wisdom. He giveth all men wisdom liberally, and he upbraideth not. Is that what you want? You want wisdom? He said, the apostles said, we need boldness. We're scared to death. We're scared to death. We go preach the gospel, and they arrest us while we're preaching. They'd be like the cops coming in here arresting me while I'm preaching and taking me out and, and, and beating me for preaching the gospel. You know, that's a pretty easy way to put the damper on wanting to preach the gospel. And the apostles, the apostles they, didn't, they didn't try to act like that didn't bother them they were like you know this isn't the best set of circumstances and we're not going to even act like we have it within ourselves within our flesh to really combat this so here's what we're going to do we're going to go to God and ask God to give us boldness to deliver the word of God and they said Lord stretch forth thine hand to heal and do all manner of signs and wonders Hallelujah, and give your apostles boldness. And God, hallelujah, gave them holy boldness. Where did their boldness come from? It didn't come from them being more macho than the guy next to them. It came from God. You try to prove how macho you are, and you will get in trouble. You let your boldness come from God. Don't let it come from peer pressure. Don't let it come from this culture. Don't let it come from somebody else's expectation. Let it come from God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, my great-grandfather, when he went to back home to preach the gospel to his family after he received the Holy Ghost, he knew that he was going back into a hotbed of radical fundamentalism. He knew he would be killed he actually planned on being a martyr but he said my family must hear the gospel so he goes back to Iran and he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ to his to his mother and his father and told them about the infilling of the Holy Ghost at first they were very hesitant but then the Spirit of the Lord moved upon their hearts in going back to Iran, he knew he would be a martyr, and many were. He wasn't. He didn't, the Lord ended up sparing his life. But he knew he would be a martyr. At least he believed he would be. And he said, all right, God. He had learned something about the Lord. You can ask God for anything. And God will either give it to you, or he will begin correcting you as to what you should be asking for. But he does hear your prayers. And he will lead you into the answer to your prayer. So Andrew Urshan said, Lord, I'm going back to Iran and I'm going to be martyred and murdered and they're going to kill me for preaching the gospel. So he said, I need you to give me all nine gifts of the Spirit. I need to be like Superman walking up into Iran. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. I need discerning of spirits. I need working of miracles and healing and x-ray vision. Wait a minute, I don't know if that's in there. I need all gifts of the spirit, and the Lord said, "You're praying the wrong prayer." He said, "I'm praying the wrong prayer," and the Lord said, "Yes, you're praying the wrong prayer." He said, "You need to you, you need to pray the right prayer." And so, so God doesn't see God leads us. See, and so the, He said, "All right, well then, at least give me working of miracles and discerning of spirit." I think I can get by with those two. Those are two pretty strong gifts of the spirit. And the Lord said, "No, you're still praying the wrong prayer." He said, well, what should I be praying for? He said, ask me for compassion. He said, if you'll have compassion on the people, then any gift you need will flow. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Anything you need from God, he will give it to you. I had heard all my life people say, don't ask God for patience because he'll give it to you. I heard somebody say, don't ask God for humility. Because he will give that to you. I was like scared to ask God for stuff. But I'm going to tell you something about humility. God giveth. He giveth. He's a giver. He giveth grace to the humble. And if you try to be humble in your flesh, it'll never work. You can't be humble in your flesh. Your flesh can't be humble. If you're humble in your flesh, you'll be proud of how humble you are. You'll be proud that you're more humble than everybody is around you. That's how it works in the flesh. And that's how I I said, Lord, you give grace to the humble. Listen to what he said about the proud. He resisted the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. So I remember laying down across the platform in my church that I grew up in. It was on this side of the platform. I was behind the organ and the keyboard nobody could really see me I was just laying down across the platform and I was talking to God and I said Lord give me humility and then I said oh wait hold on (laughs) and the Lord spoke to me and said don't ever be afraid to ask me for anything whatever you need from God Ask Him. Ask. You shall receive. Seek. You shall find. Knock. And the door, it shall be opened unto you. Hallelujah. If your child came to you and asked for fish, would you give them a serpent? If your child came to you asking for bread, would you give them a stone? If you and I, being evil, know how to give gifts... To our children how much more our heavenly father is able to give good gifts unto his children
0: hallelujah hallelujah
1: oh i worship you god i praise you god i feel safe and secure from all alarm leaning on the everlasting arms I want somebody right now who's facing an uphill climb and you need something from God. Lift up your hands in this place right now and begin to call upon God to move on your behalf in the name of Jesus. Come on, go ahead. That's it. Go ahead. That's it. Lift up your hands in this place and call upon God to move in your circumstances right now in the name of Jesus. You've worried about it. Now it's time to pray about it. You've been fretting about it. Now it's time to call upon the Lord to move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to pray the prayer. Hallelujah. Pray what's in your heart unto the Lord. And if you're not praying the right prayer, he'll correct you and lead you into praying the right prayer. And before this is over with, you're going to have what you need. You're going to have what your spirit needs. You're going to have what your family needs. You're going to have what your body needs, what your mind needs from the Lord. Come on, that's it. All across this building, lift up your voices unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want somebody right now to give him a fresh Thanksgiving and a fresh praise. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Give him a, give him a fresh Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Come on, I need somebody who's been complaining and grumbling. Can we be honest here this morning? Somebody who's been complaining and grumbling and mumbling and murmuring about your life when your life is so blessed. I said your life is so blessed compared to so many other people who are going through life and your season while it may be challenging.
0: Surely you
1: can look around you and say, God has been good to me. Surely you can look around you and say, he's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my praise. He kept me. I said he kept me. He comforted me. He watched over me.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead, and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Jesus Christ is Lord, He is Lord, He is Lord, He has risen from the dead and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ
1: is Lord. See that worship you're doing right now, that worship, that's the gift of God. That's not your worship. That's not something that came from your flesh. God gave you that as a gift in moments of difficulty, in moments of trial, in seasons of stress, in times of tribulation. Hallelujah.
0: He gave you a gift called worship from the dead. And He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Every turn that, Jesus. that Jesus, that
1: Jesus
0: Christ Come on, oh, somebody
1: stand with me right now in this place. Stand with me right now
0: in this place. Hallelujah. 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 He is so
1: remarkable experience with God several months ago I was preaching in another state and I thank God for every experience that he's given me even the challenging experiences have been for my good even some of them I created for myself and God moves into them and works them out for my good once I hand them over to him just he's so good and I was standing in this other state and I was I stood up to the pulpit to preach and that particular day was a very very busy day and I, I admittedly had become so overwhelmed by the pace of the day that I didn't feel fully tuned in as I stood to preach and I, I, I felt unprepared but, but I, I went for it somewhere in that message for just like i don't know a few seconds i don't know exactly what happened but i'll tell you what it felt like i felt like god let me feel what it would be like if he weren't there and i froze and i i i got nervous i got scared My heart began to race. I began to panic. I'm standing in front of thousands of people. And I'm standing there in this brief moment where it felt as it would feel if God weren't there. And then I felt His presence. And I really struggled with it. I said, God, what just happened? And I really, truly believe that He let me feel What preaching would feel like without His presence. Don't you ever think that I can stand up here on my own? I'm worth nothing without Him. Don't you ever get to thinking you can do what you do without God. You don't want Him to let you feel what it would feel like without His presence but I work hard. Oh, but I've been to school and I've I've, I've worked diligently and I got my education. All right. All right. All right. Congratulations to you,
0: but glory to God. It is the gift of God.
1: is the gift of God. I think somebody ought to come down here right now and say, God, I thank you. I thank you for every blessing. I thank you for the blessings that have come in disguise. Lord, I thank you for everything you've done for me. I thank you for keeping me. I thank you for watching over me. I thank you for answering my prayers. I thank you, God. I give you praise, Lord. Come on, somebody give him praise
0: for the gift. The gift. The gift of God. The gift of God. His mercy. God who is rich in mercy hallelujah and he is going Hallelujah, hallelujah.